Welcome to What Do You Think? I'm Al. And I'm C. <laughs> and and uh, today... We sorry. like to have fun here, folks. Yeah, I'm sorry, folks. I was distracted because I was looking at uh, J-Law, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, ah. in the, yeah, she... Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, let's... Do we, is, is that what we're just going to talk about now? Just J-Lo? Is that Jennifer J-Law, Lawrence? J-Law. J-Law. No, I know J-Law. I'm joking. I mean, we can talk about J-Lo. I'm... Uh, all her movies are on direct to Amazon now, so that's uh, that's when we do uh, her sequel to the hit film Second Act, Third Act coming out. <laughs> Never. She uh, she made a movie uh, with um, Josh Duhamel where they're like getting married in like Hawaii and uh, the wedding gets hijacked. Like huh. I, I I haven't seen it. It, it looked stupid, but it, it could be one of those so stupid it's good movies, but. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm just waiting for the for the day she pops up in her new husband's uh, latest film, uh, Ben Affleck. Like, his oh, next you know film, it's happening. Yeah, it's it's gonna happen. She's gonna be yeah. like, she's gonna be like Benny, Benny. Excuse me, Benny. You need to put me in your next film, Benny. I, listen, I suck. I was dick born to pl- I was born to play Lady Macbeth. <laughs> She goes like, I, I suck your dick every day. I tell you how beautiful your phoenix tattoo is. You better put me in your next film, honey. I even call your du- your I even call your asshole Duncan. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, because like you, I'm always going back for more. No. Well, no, speaking we speaking speaking Jesus. of assholes, speaking of mm-hmm. assholes, J Law. Um, and She's, no, folks, I'm not I'm not no. calling J Law an asshole. I'm just saying everyone in the world has seen her asshole. This is well. I did not look at those photos. I'll have you know. Um, I no comment. Um, so okay. But you know, again, this is really interesting. Kind of like going from our raunchy rated R intro to to the actual review proper. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, she took on this project because, and hey, all, all the credit to her. She kind of wanted to take back, like, her body in a in a weird metaphorical way. Um. Uh, that's why she took this movie. And if you guys are wondering, like, what the fuck is he talking about? We'll explain later. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she took on this project. Um, Folks, you all know who Jennifer Lawrence is. I like my mother who speaks very poor English knows who Jennifer Lawrence is. Uh, uh, Like C knows who Jennifer Lawrence is. And C is not a very well-educated man. Uh, (laughs) Two plus two is seven. No. Um, bad joke, bad joke. She, uh, Thanks, Al. Thanks. She, uh, she pretty much, like, was working on if she was either trying to like start like her own franchise or she was working on prestige projects. But like back to back for a back while. to back, and uh, she kind of took a break like in twenty nineteen. I want to say she took Whenever a break. X Men ended is when she. Yeah, took yeah. A break. She she took a break. She took a break. You know, she became a mother. Congratulations, Jennifer. You're you're a mom. You're you're in a new stage in your life. You know, you got that awesome Oscar. You can show your little baby when they're a toddler. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting that the project she decided to take on as her kind of return to the return to the stage, her big return to the stage, is like the exact opposite of everything she's ever done. A mm-hmm. some would say a disposable mid-budget raunchy comedy. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I like, I like, listen, folks, for someone like her, her, her agents are always telling her you need to work with this A-list director on this prestige project 
or you need to get you need to be this superhero or you need to be this super spy or you need to do this or that for her to be like no no no, i want to do something dumb funny and adventurous like all the credit to her honestly yeah. I, I i wish more i wish more because would you say she's a, see would you say she's a list she is. She's A-list who took a break, as you said, but she's still she, she, A-list. She's A-list in the world where there's not really A-listers anymore besides Tom Cruise, but she's... That's true. You know. Yeah. She's like... She's the... She, you know what? She's the youngest A-lister that I would yeah. say. Yeah. She's... she's uh, Or Chris Pratt is the female Jennifer Lawrence, or the male Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> That's... So, but no, I know what you mean. It's like... But I would actually say she's bigger than Chris Pratt because she oh. has... She has the prestige pictures and he does not. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so that you know, she's she's a she's a recognizable Hollywood actress, and you know, for her to be like, I want to do something totally out of whatever people perceive my wheelhouse to be. Hey, I, I applaud her for that. I think that's a that's 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 something I wish more of these recognizable actors would do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and for someone like her who like, I I'm sorry, but you know, there's always this thing of like, your image is everything. And for a good chunk of her career, Jennifer Lawrence was very, very intentional in how she presented her image. Well, because um, her image was taken away from her at one point in many ways. I think yeah, that would be yeah. fair to say. So then yeah. she became very, she, cur she, it became highly curated. Oh yeah. Um, for yeah. quite a while. She became like, she, she really, what was it? What was the way someone put it? She, her image was like the super relatable celebrity to the point that people were like, okay, it's all artificial. You know, you know, when someone's trying to be so relatable that you just don't believe them anymore, which is a shame too. Cause some of her interviews are like, she's funny. Give her, oh, no, she, give she's her genuinely funny. Yeah. And it's, it's that thing of like, she's so charming. She's so funny. And you know, she was perceived to be so normal that mm -hmm. when people were like, okay, it's too much, you know, cause the same thing happened to Chris Pratt. Mm -hmm. you know kind of bring it back to him was that the 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 what many people thought was like the in your face normal relatableness people were like okay it's it must be fake mm -hmm. and for her to be like no 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 I, i'm going to show you how i really am or what i really like 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 people forget i don't know if you knew this c uh back in 2015 or 2014 i forget what year or 2013 uh when they were making the sequel to dumb and dumber dumb and dumber Dumb and Dumber Two. So wait, are you talking about the prequel one? No, no, the, the sequel, the, the one that has sequel. the one that has uh, Jim Carrey and uh, Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Uh, you know, for the folks, you all know what Dumb and Dumber is. It's one of the funniest comedies in the '90s. Arguably one of the funniest mm -hmm. comedies of all time. Um, it, it made Jim Carrey's career. It's also a very stupid movie. Yeah, and it's, it's very reminiscent of what that era of comedies were. And basically what happened was that the Farley brothers got a call from Jennifer Lawrence's agent because they were shooting Hunger Games in Atlanta around the same time. Mm -hmm. And the agent basically said, hey, uh, Jennifer is probably the world's biggest Dumb and Dumber fan, and she really, really wants a cameo. And the Farley brothers actually wrote a scene where she would play the younger version of, of, of uh, Kathleen Turner's character. Mm. Uh, in the flashback scene and she she had dinner with the Farley brothers and they discussed it and she was super excited to do it they were shocked to find out that her humor was very very juvenile mm -hmm. and or you know not, not in a bad no, way it you was know? it was no it was she 
was... She was on the same wavelength as the Farley brothers are in terms of their sense of humor. Yes. And she was so down to do it. And then they had to do reshoots on the Hunger Games movie, and she had to drop out. Mm. And but but that again, I don't know if you knew that. See that story, but I that didn't just at all. that just goes to ch- tell you what she finds funny and why she took on a project like this. Because mm-hmm. um, I'll admit, when the trailer first dropped, I was a little su- I was surprised. I was like, this doesn't align with at all what she would normally pick. And not just that, when you hear like, oh, Jennifer Lawrence is doing a rated R comedy, you're like. Okay, so she's going to kind of be like what Robert Downey Jr. was in Due Date, where she's the straight man and the other guy is the crazy funny one, is the crazy yeah. outlandish one. And when the trailer came out, to be like, wait. J- wait, did we, say, did we say this movie is No Hard Feelings? Did we say that? Yeah, it's No Hard Feelings. Yeah, for the record. like I, Oh, maybe we said it. I just forgot. Anyway. All right. Yeah, it's no hard feelings, guys, if, if I didn't say it. Yeah, I, I was um, like, wait a minute. It's been like nine minutes, and I don't think we've said it. <laughs> I, know they'll read, I know they'll read the title, but like, come on. Like, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Um, but the trailer comes out, and you're like, oh, no, she's the quote-unquote goofy one. She's the source of the comedy. Mm-hmm. That's, that was surprising. That was surprising. And then, uh, you know, the trailer had some pretty good jokes. Um, the story, I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's kind of shallow reason to have. Because basically what it is, it's... Um, it's well, the trailer a, summarizes it very very well. Actually. Yeah, it's it's a... Obviously, it's a rated R Judd Apatow type take on kind of the My Fair Lady story. Or mm-hmm. or, or more like a, a raunchy comedic version of... Of, oh, what's that Julia Roberts movie, uh, Pretty Woman? Oh, yeah. You know, the except in this case, it's like... Uh, a, a, you know what? It's reverse taming of the shrew. The shrew, yeah, is, bring, the shrew yeah. is bringing out the man, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. See, this is why I have you on this podcast. You, you have more literary uh, references than I do. And I'm uh, dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to say that. But yeah. no, it's, it's a reverse taming of the shrew. Or it's, um, what was that movie? Um, Ten Things I Hate About You? Ten Things I Hate About You, which, folks, if you haven't seen Ten Things I Hate About You, that's a great movie for the record. That's a great, great movie. Great, great Heath Ledger performance. Yes, and uh, also that movie has one of the uh, greatest covers of I want you to want me um, that I've ever heard because I don't know why that song is covered a lot, but they kind of take like an almost sort of 90s punk rock aesthetic to it. And it very much works. Anyways, you know what? You know what's what funny? Yeah. You know what's funny? Yeah. Uh, like when you said like, I want you to want me is so is covered by so many different people. The first time I heard that song was it a was, cover? was a Spanish mariachi cover song <laughs> oh song by Gael Garcia Bernal. Um, Did that work? Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll send you, the, I'll send you the music video. You'll be like, you'll be like this respected actor who I've seen in so many great movies yeah. is dressed up like a mariachi guy with an accordion singing. I want you to want me in Spanish. What the it fuck? Is a, it is a great song. Like it's very catchy. I'll admit and, and then you're like, what movie is this from? And you find out it's a soccer movie and you're like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to yeah. no hard feelings. And Jennifer Lawrence. Sorry. Sorry. That's I mean, I mean, here's the, here's the thing. The, the movie is so straightforward that, you know, 
it's so easy to go off on a tangent because the movie's so straightforward that there's yeah. really not much to there's really not much to say outside of like did we like it or the jokes on any blah blah blah. Yeah. So um, our actual conversation starter, see, and you can take it away, is yes. Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, yay, nay, yay. Favorite movie. Oh, okay. Least so favorite movie. A... Okay. So, so you're you're a fan. You're a fan. I'm a fan. I think. Okay. Here's the thing. Yes, I'm a fan of Jennifer Lawrence. I think she. A lot of people are comparing her to the 21st. Well, let me not say it like that. The new Meryl Streep so to speak, where mm. it's, she's in, for a minute, she was in everything, like Meryl Streep. Yeah. Because um, Meryl Streep also, granted, she didn't do all the genres of movies, but people forget, if you look at Meryl Streep's career, actually nobody forgets this, everybody knows this, she does a, she did a wide variety throughout like the 80s and 90s of a lot of different kind of stuff. And there was even a joke for a while that she was always the one Oscar nomination that movie was going to get. Like That was like yeah. the, a known thing for a while. But Jennifer Lawrence sort of took, went down that path for a while. But I think now she's kind of altering course a little bit. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't remember uh, Meryl Streep ever doing like a raunchy sex comedy. Not that I can think of. But... Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's she, she's a, she's done sex comedies. She did one with uh, Alec Baldwin. Um, oh well, that one was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, it's complicated. That was funny. <laughs> no hard feelings, and it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, two very different movies. But here's the thing I'll say about Jennifer Lawrence is she's always given really funny interviews. My favorite, I have two favorite bits she ever did. One was when she's with Stephen Colbert and she'd been drink- she'd been drinking a little bit but she was op- she was honest she's like no I've had a few drinks it's fine and she was open about it and they're talking about her film Red Sparrow and at one point she just goes all right Stephen I'm going to cut to chase listen you don't care I don't care it's not that good but that's okay it's like that's that's such a funny thing for an actress to do like to admit that like already the reviews for Red Sparrow were coming in and they were kind of pa- pandering at best and she just rolled with it. That's really impressive on her part. Like, cause I, a lot of people at the time viewed it as her like shooting down or underselling the director at the time. But I think she looked at it as a way to just acknowledge, like not to actually not be what she, a lot of people were accusing her of over time, which was fake. She wasn't being fake. She was acknowledging what people were saying about it. Mm-hmm. The other interview I love with her is, and I don't watch this late night host a lot, but I did see this clip where Jennifer Lawrence is being interviewed by Seth Meyers. And she tells him how when she was a, co- when she was a guest host on SNL, that she at the time had a really big crush on, set on him, to him. He's telling him this. And he talked, she tells him about how the whole week while they're getting ready for SNL, she was waiting for Seth to ask her out. And then she was, she's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. She said to herself, I'm going to do it at the end of SNL. And then she goes, because I'm crazy. And as she's getting ready, she said, thank God I mentioned something to the hairdresser. And she said, the hairdresser goes, oh, honey, he's engaged. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, honey, he's engaged. And she was like, cool thanks and walked on stage to do like the next skit apparently like very suddenly afterwards but like she just openly admitted that she almost made just a giant would have didn't but would have made a giant ass of herself 
in the closing bit of SNL. Like that would have been I really something. I that's I, I've never seen either of the Z interviews. That one reminded me of and I'm sure you know this one, the the Jimmy Jimmy Fallon, Nicole Kidman story. Where oh, yeah. Nicole Kidman had a crush on Jimmy Fallon and she had her people talk to his people about them like meeting and and that when she went to meet him, he was in his apartment just playing video games. <laughs> and he had no idea that she was like, hey, are, are, are you going to ask me out or something? And Jimmy Fallon's face when he's like, I could have been with Nicole Kidman. <laughs> like, and, and, and like like Nicole Kidman at arguably her hottest, which was like like 99, 2000. Right. Right after. Um, right after. Uh, what was it? Um, Eyes Long. Wide Shut. Yeah. Yeah. Right after that. And yeah. let me, let's be clear. Nicole Kidman. She still got it, although we see her every time. Because <laughs> fun fact, folks, I think we've mentioned this. We always go to AMC usually to see these movies, and um, I don't know if you know this, but she uh, she gets you ready for the movie right beforehand uh, with her weird diamond-studded or diamond-studded uh, suit. It's very odd, but no, I know what you mean. Where it's just like these. Sometimes you capture these really funny moments in these interviews, and they're. I don't know if this was Jennifer Lawrence. I, I, I think it is, but I could be wrong. Where uh, she, like, wanted to take off her heels because, like, her feet hurt. Mm-hmm. And the the guy, I, I, maybe it was Jimmy Fallon. I don't know. I might, folks, I might be, like, confusing Jennifer Lawrence for, or someone else for Jennifer Lawrence. But they were like, oh, yeah, do what you want. And <laughs> she ta- she takes them off and she immediately, like, like sits kind of, like, Indian style. And, and she's like, I got to do that fast because the weirdos on the internet are going to scream, grab my feet. The host goes like, what? Mm. <laughs> and he pro- no, she, she, she proceeds to explain foot fetishism to the host. <laughs> I don't know if that was. Was this? Was this no, this might have been when she was on. She's been on Graham Norton's show, I think. Was this then? No, no, because Gra- Graham, Nor- Graham Norton strikes me as the type of guy who knows all the fetishes in the world. This is true. This is true. <laughs> not not, not because some... he's not because he's a perv, but because no. he's just so knowledgeable. He's so well versed as well. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, but but no, I I don't know if yeah. this. Was, I feel like this was Jennifer Lawrence, and I'm, I don't have the strength to research that now to see if I'm just talking out of my ass or actually correct. Je- Jennifer, if you're listening, let us know. Did you hide your feet from some pervs one time on a show? <laughs> I mean, let us know. I, I mean, <laughs> was that you? I mean, she. Because you're obviously reason. listening. You know, you found out that Al and C are reviewing your latest sex comedy. You're re- you're you're you are listening the, to us as we release this immediately. The, does Does Jennifer Lawrence strike you as the type of person who would like find every film review podcast that has an episode on her movie and no, listen to it? No, she doesn't. I believe she listens to like those crazy murder podcasts. I think she listens to those, but I don't think she's the, she's so self absorbed. To like listen to her or listen, read, or look up all of her reviews. I'm sure she's yeah. curious about a few. Yeah, no, no. That, that's more of a Tom Cruise it. thing. That's more of a Tom Cruise thing. Yeah, that's a Tom Cruise thing. That's a, yeah. He, he's going to no, have. He goes into the room with the in Scientology and he sits down and he has someone who's. He he has the whole Sea Org listening to various episodes that are reviewing uh, mm-hmm. Dead Reckoning Part One. God, that's gonna it's gonna be so weird when our episode of Dead Reckoning Part One ends up in the catalog 
uh, of uh, Scientology because we talked about him. That's going to be so funny. <laughs> that is going to be so weird. And, you know, and then, like, if we Oh, my it, God. Our, our podcast will be considered holy text at that point. Holy cow. Ooh, holy uh, audio. See? See? there. See? See? I told you that there were there were benefits to doing this. But uh, you know? so let me let me talk about my views on Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. Um, I. Uh, I saw Winter's Bone pretty close to when it was released or. No, same actually. I, I I saw did we didn't rent Winter's Bone. We it was like it was not oh, in theaters. It wasn't. So oh, I doubt you I, saw I, it in I, I remember. I remember. Winter's Bone was like one of those movies that were like on the very first iteration of Netflix's streaming site, mm. and that's where I saw it. Mm. And I I remember, believe it or not, I was like, yeah, the 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 daughter's cool. But the dad, like, holy fuck, you know, talk about, uh, what's his name, John Hawks? Is that, that the actor's name? Well, remember, the movie's about trying to find her dad's dead body, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so. but but he's, you know John Hawks, he's a really good character yeah. actor. Yeah, he's great. Uh, he was in Eastbound and Down. I think that's where he got his start. Yeah. He was in that one movie where he's a paraplegic who's trying to have sex. He, he was, yes, and he was... Uh, a lot of people would think he was snubbed for an Oscar nomination for that, which I can see. Yeah. Um, but he but also did other stuff. Yeah. But point being like, I saw it, I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. Uh, and then I really noticed her when she popped up in X-Men first class. Um, I, I was, was like, that was, but that was after hunger games. When you, when no, you hunger had, games, uh, no, hunger games was the year after. Remember hunger games came out in 2012. I thought, Oh, I flipped that around. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> X-Men First Class came out in the summer of 2011. I remember because that was the last day of my first year of college. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself like, huh, they made, uh, what was the, they made Mystique uh, relatable. Huh, this blonde is actually pretty interesting. And then, you know, I saw Hunger Games and, you know, I'm not a big Hunger Games guy, but I was like, oh yeah, she's fine in it. I still think that movie's a little ridiculous that a guy who decorates cakes becomes an accomplished no, makeup artist, but that's I just agree. Me. I agree. I would actually argue in that franchise, the second movie, not part, the, the actual second movie is the best one. Like that's, yeah, you yeah. get some interesting stuff there. Exactly. Um, and you know, then she, but where I was like, okay, this, this is an actress, actress was, uh, with, uh, Silver Linings Playbook. And she mm. was a relatively late addition. She was like a late replacement for the original actress. Who, who was the original actress? I didn't I know think, there was. I think a different. One. I think David O. Russell wanted Amy Adams for that role. Interesting. And she turned it down for something else. I think she turned it. Did she turn it down for Man of Steel? Did she? I don't remember. That uh, would make filming filming wise. That would make sense. Yeah, but that was the case. Yeah, and you know, it, it's crazy that like. Already, she was a name because of Hunger Games, and Bradley Cooper was a name because of The Hangover. But that movie is what made them like, oh, these are actors, actors. Yeah, that changed him. Yeah, and you know, uh, but I would say at her peak, like after Days of Future Past, like when she started doing just more David O. Russell movies, and that's when I was like, okay, she's not okay. It's the same shtick. I'm I'm kind of bored by it. And I was really bored by her by by the time Passengers came out. Um, it's the Red Sparrow era. That's when things started to get a little. I never even saw Red Sparrow, to be frank with you. I I so I watched it. It was on Netflix for a minute, 
and I watched it. It was it was fine. Um, it's just because it's it's a sequel to a book. I think I think Wait, that's what? how it works. Uh, from what I understand, like it the book. I don't know what the book was, but it's uh, they already adapted the that book into a movie. I think. I could be way wrong, and then this is like building off of that. It was a very interesting like situation with how this was made. Because uh-huh. I remember my dad was telling me that like I think this was this movie again, much like that in that feed interview. I could be mixing this up, but that like this was the news. This was a sequel to a pretty big Cold War spy era book slash movie that were pretty big in th- when they came out. But couldn't tell you what the movie or book were, but. Okay. Apparently that was a thing. All right. So, you know, I didn't mind Jennifer Lawrence taking her sabbatical. Uh, and now that she's back, what do I think? Well, how about we watch the trailer and then uh, we give our review, see? Let's go. Hi. Mind if I touch your wiener? What? Your dog. Court order for asset seizures. So they're taking my car? You went radio silent on me. Is that what this is about? Just last night, I thought, I missed that fucker. Is that true? Buongiorno. That's my cousin. Gary, I swear to God, he's my cousin. Mm. He's my second cousin. There's something seriously wrong with you. I'm an Uber driver, and I don't have a car. I'm going to lose my house. You think I chose him? Look at this. Need a car, date our son this summer, and bring him out of his shell before college. In exchange, we'll give you a Buick Regal date, is in quotes. It's gotta be a joke, right? Now, have you seen these helicopter parents? I'm surprised they're not gonna fuck them themselves. We've just been so worried about our son. He's going to Princeton in the fall. No, oh, I've heard of it. You know, we tried everything to bring him out of his shell. He doesn't come out of his room, he doesn't talk to girls, he doesn't drink. So when you say date him, do you mean date him or date him? Yes. Date him. Date him hard. I'll date his brains out. He volunteers at the animal shelter. Hi. Mind if I touch your wiener? What? Your dog. How about I give you a ride home? Um, this isn't the way to my house. It's a shortcut. You're my hostage. What you got down there? Something for me? (laughs) Why? You tried kidnapping me! You're 19, grow up! Kid is unfuckable. Have a drink together. He'll have a Long Island iced tea. This is the worst iced tea I've ever had. One thing about me, I'm the baddest alive. Dance party. Don't know what to do. I just know my mom would have wanted me to save the house. He's probably just nervous. Why don't you loosen him up? We can go skinny dipping. What about sharks? Men here. Jellyfish? Not this season. It's really the lack of lifeguards. Let's get the fuck in here right now. Okay. I'm just a bit of a romantic. He's actually really sweet. The best part about getting older is not giving a fuck what people think. I'm an adult now. I can make my own decisions. That's that's good. You want to savor it. Savor it. Come on, you're getting out of here. You don't belong here. Don't Let's touch me. Get away from her. Stay. Oh, oh fuck. We should go. So, yeah. No hard feelings. No hard feelings. Did uh, it have a different name at one point? I could have sworn, but maybe. You know, you know, a lot. I don't know, but 
the, you know a lot of movies that when they have titles like this, it's usually that they're untitled so-and-so comedy. Like, yeah. I, I would not be surprised if this was like untitled Jennifer Lawrence comedy yep. for like its entire production. Yeah. Um. So what did we think of No Hard Feelings starring the esteemed Jennifer Lawrence? I was actually trying to find the uh, – because there was a trailer where they, they cut it like if it was like an awards – an awards movie, like an Oscar bait movie for like yes, the first 20 I've seconds. About, I remember that one. And then it just cuts to, cuts to the standard comedic beats, but I could not find it. Like I just couldn't. And I'm like, what no, the it was playing like it was like a dear John type thing. Or a, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. 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 Like a whatever, whatever. Like it, it opens with like, like Academy Award winning Jennifer Lawrence. And then it cuts to, it's like, like, I need to save my mother. I just know my mother would have wanted to save the house. And then it cuts to this. Yeah. So no hard feelings. Uh, Let me give a quick summary of it because, you know, people, people who only listen are like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. Uh, So no hard feelings stars Jennifer Lawrence. She plays a Montauk uh, resident, like an actual Montauk. Montauk is like a vacation town in uh in uh new york state right new york state okay yeah Mm -hmm. and uh she's like a a legitimate montauk resident like not one of those like seasonal people who show up from the city uh to live there during the summer she's like an actual resident Mm -hmm. and because it's a vacation town the property taxes are through the roof Mm -hmm. and while the house she inherited from her mother is paid off the property taxes are insane and she can barely afford it uh, because she can't make the payments, they take away her car, which compounds the issue because she's an Uber driver. So how the hell is she going to is she going to make the money to pay the government to keep her house? And she finds this ad on the web on the web that where parents are basically saying like, "Hey, please date our son." Um, and by date they mean fuck. Mm-hmm. Please have sex with our son, and we'll give you a car. <laughs> so it's basically an ad for like a. For like, and the movie pretty much says they're they're looking like for a sex worker to like, basically charm their son, date him, and then have sex with him so that he can be more uh, confident in himself while he goes to Princeton. And then, we're uh, not saying this is based on a true story, but there have there have been things like this throughout. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the world. Yeah, no, I mean we, we've all we've all heard the stories of the dad who takes his son to Tijuana. To become a man, we've all heard stories like this. Yeah. So, I'm not not saying that they're based in reality, but you know, it's it's a common common story thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, so she takes it up, and she comes to find that their son is like this very introverted, very like deep in his feelings, very shy, and very romantic young man. And he's not he's not like a horny he's not like a guy who's like horny but just can't score. He's legitimately someone who's like romantic. Like he's like he's he's the embodiment of that SNL skit. Remember the 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 bio well for your for your emotion or your like yes, introspective son. Yes, that, yeah, he's basically that's what he is. He, that's, that's what he is. He's the he's like the nineteen year old version of that, and that's a problem because she's she was expecting to kind of hit it and quit it, and yeah. she actually has to work to like woo him mm-hmm. to to have sex with him and then get the car. But obviously complications arise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the, the scenario antics ensue. antics ensue. Yeah. So the situation is ripe for comedy and how does this play out? Uh, see, how about you take it away? So I, there are certain movies like since we've started this podcast, there are movies that I would have written off and not seen if it weren't for the fact that we were doing for a podcast. 
And I'll admit this was one of them. I just wasn't feeling it for this one. I just it wasn't hitting it wasn't hitting the right spots for me in in a lot of ways. But we see it and you know, I have to say this was a nice surprise for me. I I enjoyed it. I to be clear, this is not going to be we're not going to be I'm not going to be talking about this in my in our top 10 episode of the year. You know, I'm not If gonna... you do, that that's an indictment on the quality of films that came out in 2023. Yes it is. Yes it is. But to to cr- credit to this movie, it's it's fun. That's all it is. It's fun. It's How do I put this? I don't want to say the thing I say a lot, so I'm not going to. But it's just a fun movie with very very solid acting. What I will say that surprised me was that the funny moments aren't necessarily the super big moments you see in the trailer or even the super big, let's call them comedic set pieces. Like those aren't the funny parts. The funny parts genuinely are the little conversations Jennifer Lawrence's character has with the supporting cast and the other, the other lead as well. That's what really makes this movie work quite well um like a subtle there's just so many little subtle moments where i was laughing the loudest at these one word quips or these so let me just say because you mentioned the co-star his name is andrew barth feldman he's basically uh he basically started off as like a musical kid geek a broadway geek and, oh, he uh, played. Your, he played Evan Hansen. Evan Hansen, yeah. Yep. He he was like he was like the second Evan Hansen, or is he the yep. current Evan Hansen? I, I don't. He, I, he is not Evan Hansen anymore. I know that. Okay, but. so he was probably like probably the second or the third. Yeah. Um, really, really talented kid. I got to say. Well, you have to because Evan Hansen, that role, it's the, it's the role with the most lines in in a musical ever. It recently, listen, folks, say what you will about me, me, know, me knowing this. The role of Evan Hansen recently broke the record for most lines in a single musical, for a single part. Prior to that, it was Huckleberry Finn in Big River. It's a massive role, and you have it requires a lot of talent for you to be able to memorize those lines and deliver them authentically. I think they estimate it has like over, like, you know what? I, I don't know the number, but it, it does have the most in any play, which is crazy. Yeah, so Andrew Barth Feldman, like, I, obviously this is the first thing I've ever seen him in. I, I don't watch a lot of musicals. I don't go to a lot of musicals, I mean. But, like, so he, so here, like I said, Jennifer Lawrence is playing the comedic, the, com, the, the comedic character, and he's pretty much the, the straight man. And, you know, the, being the straight man can be a pretty thankless role. You're just there to react. But what he does is that he reacts, but... Like, he reacts in a way that balances the reasonable with the comedic. Like, he's obviously, like, thinks to himself... Because Jennifer Lawrence is this very attractive woman, this attractive older woman throwing herself at him. He reacts with, like, apprehension where he's like, something's wrong if this woman's trying to have sex with me. And then, like, he he balances that with with these genuine comedic beats where... (laughs) where he'll like freak the freak the fuck out because he thinks he's getting kidnapped or 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 he'll be he'll because he doesn't drink he'll get drunk and just go balls to the wall crazy and it was great like this kid is funny this kid is is 
can kind of like being Jennifer Lawrence's scene partner. He never felt like, oh, she's pulling him. It felt like they're working together. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I agree. It they 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 had this dynamic where she would do something, and yes, he'd react as you've said, but he also would. What's the best way to put it? He would react. He would react in a way that you wouldn't. You, he'd he'd flip it up. He'd either react in a way that you would re- expect a real person to react, or he would react in a way you couldn't imagine. And it worked. That flipping worked very well. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he was able to know how to toe the line between like, okay, this is when I should be a clown versus this is when I should be the grown up, right? Mm-hmm. Or the the normal person. Yeah. Uh, or the average person. I, I thought that was, man, so yeah, yeah. The straight man that, that worked really well. Um, the rest of the cast are a bunch of like character actors who've done good work on TV. Uh, Natalie Morales, Scott MacArthur, uh, even Ebon Moss backrack, Ebon Moss, Ebon Moss backrack for those. He's, he's the, he's the manager in the bear, which is a okay. great show. You should all watch it. He's also, he also plays, uh, the Punisher's uh, tech guy in the Netflix series. A really good actor. He also played John Quincy Adams in, in John Adams. Yes, he did. Uh, really, really great guy. But he kind of has a bit role. A bunch of comedians kind of circle off the rest of the cast. Oh, and the dad uh, of, the, is of played, the main... Yeah. Yeah, the dad of, of, of Andrew Barth Feldman's character is played by Matthew Broderick. And that works because it's kind of... This is kind of like... This is kind of like a movie a young Matthew Broderick would have done. Which well, it's you, also you a bit mentioned. of a homage to like Ferris Bueller's Day Off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of has that vibe of like this is kind of a raunchier uh, version of that version of a John Hughes movies, which I think works really well. Yeah. Uh, and again, this movie lives and bre- lives and dies by how good is Jennifer Lawrence as a comedic actress. And folks, I, I gotta say, she's a really, really good comedic actress. Yeah. Like, listen, listen. Um, um, and this has been talked about it. If you, if you know about the movie, you know about this, there's an extended sequence where she is butt naked. It's full frontal. You see it all. Right. Yeah. And but it's think, at night. So there's some, like, well, yeah, but, but, but my but point, you see every, yeah, it's full. You frontal. see everything, but here's the thing, folks. It's not played for titillation. It's literally played for comedy. And it's one of the funniest scenes in the movie. And you might be asking, okay, how is seeing, a very beautiful woman like Jennifer Lawrence naked, not supposed to get me horny and is that supposed to make me pass out from laughter. Well, this is what you do. <laughs> you have her have a Kung Fu fight scene with a bunch of teenagers and have her get her ass kicked as much as she's kicking ass. It's yeah. hilarious. It is very good. She like, literally, there's a moment where she's just charging at them and you're like, it take you first register. You're laughing because she's running at them, and then it registers. Oh, she's naked, and it's it's really. <laughs> there's funny. there's literally a scene where she gets kicked and she falls on the floor, and the mixture of her reaction to getting hit in a particular place and the sound design because you hear the contact. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I I could not breathe. It was so funny, yeah. and that's kind of the thing is that you would think like okay. You have you you literally have a naked Jennifer Lawrence, which a bunch of fifteen year olds that's like their biggest dream, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of focusing on her nudity, you're focusing on the fact that this is like 
This is like a comedic version of the Turkish bathhouse scene in Eastern Promises where Viggo Mortensen is butt naked and you can literally see his testicles and his gooch. But you're like, you're not like going like, oh, God, he's naked. You're going like, oh, my God, he's going to die. And this one is like, not, oh, God, she's naked. It's like, oh, my God, these kids are kicking her ass, but she's still getting up. And uh, it also helps that, like, the her co-star, Andrew Barth Feldman, is just giving commentary where he's, like, totally mortified over the situation. It's it's really funny. And that's the thing is that this movie knows how to use Jennifer Lawrence where you think, like, oh, this is where she's going to be sexy. Oh, this is where she's going to kind of be a wise ass. And instead, she just kind of gets rolled over on. And it's funny, like... In the trailer, there's a scene where 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 Percy, Andrew Barth Feldman's character, like uh, pepper sprays her, and you would think that the way the way the, the scene plays out is that you think, okay, uh, they're having a misunderstanding. He might try to run away, but that's it. Because again, you know, Jennifer Lawrence is naked, lister. She's got to look good, and they go all the way with like pepper spraying her, mm-hmm. macing her, and her reaction because her reaction is so pathetic that it's so funny. And that's what I applaud her on is that Jennifer Lawrence is willing to be like, listen, I'm willing to get dirty. I'm willing to kind of be the butt of the joke because this is what this movie needs. And I, I really wish more actors would do that um, because back – see, maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. But really back in the 80s and 90s um, and up until the early 2000s really uh, – or no, more, more the 80s and 90s. Uh, you would have the the lead. You would always have the the lead of a comedy be willing to be the butt of a joke in some scenes. Mm-hmm. And really, truly, it started like in the mid two thousands, where in these comedies, you always had the guy who was the butt of the joke and the guy who was kind of observing the joke. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it was always the comedic actor who was the butt of the joke. Um, that obviously- spawned from the success. I swear to God, that spawned because of the success of Seinfeld, where Seinfeld was the normal one, and then his yeah. friends were well, most of his friends were crazy. Yeah, and that that really built off of that. Something I something I really liked in uh, in like a classic '90s movie, American Pie, was that all three of the guys had scenes where they were where they were kind of the butt of the joke, especially the lead character played by Jason Biggs, like like him, everyone seeing him. Like get naked, uh, everyone seeing him get naked, his dad seeing him fuck a pie, like, and then you know, it, recently you would have these comedies where like nothing happened to the lead because, you know, the lead's gotta look good. I'm glad Jennifer Lawrence is kind of going towards like, like, no, everyone should have a moment to be the butt of the joke, and since I'm the lead, I should have most of those moments. Well, and it I kind of that... broke a bit with The Hangover. The Hangover broke that mold a bit, and now you're seeing it a little more, and this is a great example of it too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, although arguably Bradley Cooper's character got the least amount of, of he of, did no he did he damage he did get the least amount of damage. This is true. It, it was always Stu, then Alan, then um, I forgot Bradley Cooper's character's name. Yeah, but he often got very little damage. That's yeah, true. because he always had to look good. You know, he yeah. always had to look good. Um, but yeah, no, this this movie's really really funny, and I, I don't know if you agree or not. I thought this movie. Like, listen, when I went into this movie, I at least expected to have some chuckles. And I had some out loud laughter moments. I mean, you heard me. We watched this together. But I never expected this movie to have genuine, good, heartfelt moments. Mm -hmm. And it did. And I I think it did. And I was surprised. I don't know. What do you think? 
I was genuinely impressed that it it didn't treat so okay. This movie, we knew this movie was going to deal with a plot line where she's also going through some growth of some kind. But I was so happy to see that this movie didn't treat it like a complete B-side. Like, obviously it was the B-plot, but it actually very much worked in tandem with a lot of this movie. Where you are watching these things happening to her, and she is not willing to accept why this is and she's so laser focused but then there are just these little moments where she like is she's just she's reminded about where she's at that she hasn't really grown up in a lot of ways and that movie it deals with it in a much more I wouldn't say realistic but at least honest way and I genuinely genuinely appreciated that like a good example I'd say is when she goes on another date with this different guy after a problem arises with the original plan she had with the, with the kid, she's starting to realize it's a good scene where it's just like any other movie would have played it overly dramatic where it's like, no, 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 I can't do this anymore. But she was just like, no, you know what? I, I don't, I want to know one thing about you before I have sex with you. Is that so, like, come on, why? And it, it was handled in a much more honest way, and I appreciated that. Also, the credits also, of the, yeah. Also, it ended with a really good joke involving a Chinese finger trap. That that was yes. like a callback. It was like it was like the Chinese finger trap was in an earlier thing, and this was the, like, a, the best callback. Like, here's the funny thing, though. The moment we, we saw, everyone in the theater saw the Chinese finger trap. It's Chekhov's finger trap. Yeah. Everyone in the audience was like, oh, God, we know where this is going. And it yeah. did. It was great. Yeah. I also, a subtle thing, and I won't say what it is, but, well, I'll, I'll say where it was, not what it was. We see, there's no post credit scene, but they do something interesting, which is you see kind of the aesthetic and the background of what's going on in the credits, and you put together what happens in the end, so to speak which was really interesting. And it was a very non-literal way. It's just certain imagery you see where it's like you kind of put together certain things, but both because she says some things, but also you, you just literally put together that like the next chapter of her life is beginning. And it, it's a, it was a subtle thing to do, but it was nice. Mm -hmm. Something, and you know, I've kind of said all I've needed to say in terms positively about that. Like overall, I have a very positive experience with this movie. Yeah. The only real negatives I can give is just that, you know, um, like once, like once, once the like main plot tries to resolve itself, it, it, it kind of feels like there, there's nothing. It's vanilla. It, it's, it's super vanilla. It's like, it's like, like after you hear the, the, the little paragraph I gave earlier in this review of like the setup for this movie, you kind of figure out like okay we we kind of know where this goes there's no there's no real like out of left turn plot twist in this movie I'm not saying that this movie needs it it's just that you know um what you see is what you get yeah what you see is what you get which like on the op because you know humor is super subjective and if you're not on this movie's humor wavelength like you really have nothing to grasp on like the story is very straightforward 
um, the resolution is super straightforward. There's really nothing. There's really nothing meaty there because again, the whole point is you're watching this to to laugh, not really to have an introspection on the human condition. And that's really my only critique, other than you know the the cast is pretty bare bones, like like. And I'm not saying this thing needed to be an ensemble piece, but like really and truly, outside of the parents, the cast is you know just kind of there. Like for instance, uh, I don't know why, but one of my favorite actors, Zan McLaren's in this. He plays like her lawyer, and I'm like, oh, I love Zan McLaren. And he kind of just disappears after like two scenes and you're like, well, and you know, the, her friends are played by Natalie Morales and Scott MacArthur who have been in like prestige TV in the golden age of television. And they're just there to be the friends to like ricochet off her dialogue with. She's they're literally just they're They're not really people. They're just there to have her talk to somebody when she's not talking to Percy, but credit to them. They get some good ricochets in. They no, like, no, yeah, they, they get they get good jokes and good dialogue, and ultimately they they tie they tie themselves into her story in a way that I was like, okay, that makes sense, but I wish they were more developed people. So that's really it. Is that the the story is straightforward to a fault, and outside of the parents, the supporting cast is very paper thin, like almost actually, yeah, definitely to a fault because you know, like like another movie about Montauk. Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. That supporting cast is amazing. Like, yeah. all those characters... And I'm not saying this thing needed to be Eternal Sunshine. I'm just saying that for comedies, the the best comedies, even the supporting cast was, like, pretty well developed. Like, uh, and listen, credit where credit's due. Early in his career, Judd Apatow was really good about that. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone in the 40-year-old version was funny and had a character arc. Well, know? I think what makes this not... So, in the back of my mind, I was wondering if this is going to become, like, on the... I was wondering, is there a chance this is going to become huge, kind of like how The Hangover was, where originally it was going to go nowhere, and then overnight it became this huge thing? What makes this not that, or what the main difference, is that The Hangover, all the supporting cast are equally if not in certain cases more iconic than the leads yeah now, it's different you really can't upstate jennifer lawrence which is why it's impression it's impressive that the co-lead in this movie was able to work with her very well like very much match the energy or pass it along in the right way but if this movie like there were at least i'd say three or four smaller roles where you could have gotten I'm not saying you needed to get a known name, but you could have gotten some more interesting talent to really play with it. And that could have potentially heightened it. But at the same time, doing that may have also oversaturated it as well. Yeah. It's so you, you, I, th- whenever you're doing a comedy, it is a gamble like that. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. And like the, the director, Gene Stepinski, no, Stepinski, Stupnitsky, Gene Stupnitsky, you know, he did Good Boys, which I saw and I it, it's fine. Like the, the the central premise is like, oh, look at these look at look at these like elementary school kids talking super foul language mm-hmm. and like touching sex toys. Um, like after the, the after the premise kind of wears off, you're like, OK, whatever. Uh, this actually had a heart. Mm-hmm. And I would say the character work here is better. 
Um, it's still compared to Good Boys, that's a very low bar, but hey, it's something. Yeah. Um, I just think that you know, outside of the two leads, um, outside of the comedy that. You know, you either like the comedy or you don't. And if you're not into like I know people who aren't into the jokes and the hangover, but they're the mystery over what happened to their friend is what made them stick around. Mm -hmm. This doesn't have that where there's nothing here that's going to make you stick around in the case that you're just not into the movie's humor. Mm -hmm. So and listen, a comedy, a a comedic movie is just there to make you laugh. Like if if the story doesn't get you, it is what it is. But that's just an observation I'm making. So uh, is there anything else you want to add, C, or do you just want to give your rating? I think I can give my rating. Sure. Go ahead. This was a funny movie. It's a movie. You know, it's, it is, you know, it's not this, it's not something that truly shocked me. Well, okay, I should say this. It didn't blow me away. This isn't the comedy of the year, but it. It is competently made, and there are some moments that without a doubt had me laughing. And I'm actually very glad I saw this in theaters. Now, do you have to see this in theaters? No. In fact, more often than not, famously, comedies make a lot of their money, not always, but make a lot of their money in what were DVD and VHS sales and are now streaming rights and all that. So, I... I, you don't have to see this in theaters, but I would highly encourage you to check this movie out when it ends up on whatever service it is. It's it's definitely you you will have a fun time. This is on like the same level uh, of of comedic effect as like that movie where the, we're the Millers, where it's got heart but it's also funny, and and it just it it's just enough where it works. I'm right there with you. This is a funny movie. Um, I did not expect to like this, and I did. I, I genuinely like it because the humor made me laugh so hard. It's just like when you when you're recommending a movie to someone, you have to be like, okay, if the movie does not have if they're not on the movie's wavelength in humor, like what else does this movie have to offer? And really nothing much. I mean if you wanna say Jennifer Lawrence naked, but again, like that's not for titillation. That's literally just so you can laugh over how ridiculous the situation is. Anybody who gets titillated by that scene, I think, should be sent to an insane asylum and lock, throw away the key. Lock them up and throw away the key. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, see, you've covered it. It's, it's, it succeeds in its mission. You don't really need to see that. No, nothing about how this movie shot demands to be seen on the big screen. Nothing. No. Like, like, and that that's just kind of the sad reality for comedies, unless unless you're. Um, Todd Phillips, because if you rewatch the Hangover movies, you're like, wow, these are really cinematic. Like, no, he really, was good really, at that. Like, all three really of them were very good at that. Yeah. Uh, Judd Apatow, on the other hand, I don't think has ever made a cinematic film in his life. When the most cinematic film you've made as Judd Apatow was probably um, knocked up. But even then, it was not really cinematic at all. That's crazy. That's so crazy. Although, well, no, never mind. Um... But yeah, like again, um, there's not much else to say about this movie. It's a great time if, if you're in this movie's wavelength, if you like the raunchy, foul mouth comedy that Judd Apatow, like, and I know I keep saying Judd Apatow, but more like this is the type of movie that if it was a man towards a woman, the, the lead would have been played by Seth Rogen. Yeah, 100%. Um, so 
if you like Jennifer Lawrence kind of doing her version of a Seth Rogen character, then yeah, uh, give this a watch. I, I liked it. I really liked it. But if you watch the trailer and nothing in the trailer makes you laugh, then, you know, just wait until it's on streaming and then watch it with your friends or your romantic partner and be like, see if they like it. And maybe you'll get a giggle here and there. Yeah, you know, or if you use Redbox, then I don't know why I see this movie doing well at Redbox. Oh, this movie's going to do – this is such a – and I say that in the best way possible. This is such a Redbox movie. As a mm-hmm. star that everybody knows is funny and, you know, it, it, it looks like you don't have to pay attention to the story. But when the funny stuff happens, you can laugh. Yeah, this, this is the true. perfect this is the perfect Redbox movie, and I say that in the most utmost respect way possible. Yeah. All right. So uh, see it on Redbox. <laughs> <laughs> this has been our review of No Hard Feelings, starring Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Andrew uh, Feldman. Uh, I'm Al. This has been What Do You Think? I'm Al, <laughs> and I'm C. Good night, everybody. Make it Jennifer Lawrence. Woo!